Yo, 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 what's going on, man? Today is December the 12th, 2022, and we are back with the Cash Deal with Chris NBA show slash betting podcast, all that good stuff. Uh, real quick, if you guys wouldn't mind hitting the like button, retweeting the show for me, that'd be greatly appreciated. And as always, we're going to start with a quick recap. Uh, but before we do the recap, I do want to remind people as well, if you're listening on YouTube, then there's always the opportunity for you guys to check out the podcast on all your podcast streaming platforms as well. Um, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, you guys can download the podcast. Leave me a review over there as well, especially if you guys are listening over there. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, the shows are recorded via podcast. So I wanted to say that real quick. Um, as far as a recap for the, for the weekend, uh, two and, well, three and three and about a three and three day if you uh if you take away some of the um if you add in the uh you know just the the leans not the leans the um the uh ladders that we had on saturday if you got it if you got a chance to check out my tweets uh we cast on a few of those and then yesterday i only gave out the um milwaukee bucks team total over in the first quarter it was looking promising and then they uh Fell flat on their face. Also lost that game outright. Didn't even get to 100 points against the, the Houston Rockets yesterday. Probably a look-ahead game because they do have um, – I think they got the Golden State Warriors on deck. So kind of makes sense. Teams that play Golden State in their next game typically don't play well in that game. So definitely looking to have a much more productive week. Overall, last week I think I went about 9-8. and eight. So not a real productive week at all. But we still keeping our head above water. Still keeping our head above water. Didn't give out a lot of plays last week. So um, let's get into today's slate, man. Like I said, hit the like button for me if you guys can. Appreciate you guys for being here. JR, Frank, KC, the, the gang, man. LJ, what's going on? Best of, uh, top of the morning to you, my brother. Mike, uh, Platinum Picks, Markel, Anthony. Appreciate you guys, man, for rocking with me this morning. So let's get into these games for today, man. It's money making Mondays. Let's get to it. So first game up, I want to go to no official play in this one, but I do kind of just want to. Want to talk it out just a tad bit. We got the Heat and the Pacers, and we got the Pacers getting two and a half points at the crib with a total of about 228 is what I see it at at most books. And uh, I see a line that opened at two, and then I see some that opened at two and a half, but the line is up to three already on some books as well. Uh, this is going to be an interesting game. You get um, the Heat. They, don't ha- they shouldn't have anybody on the injury report, and the Pacers – uh, I don't think we'll have anybody new on the injury report. Of course, Duarte isn't playing in this one, but I don't think there are a lot of injuries. And this is a game that I haven't taken a deep, deep dive into, just just for transparency reasons, just giving you guys that. But I do think uh, I'll dive into this game just a tad bit more a little bit later, but it wasn't my favorite game on the board. So um, the Miami Heat, they are struggling, to say the least. They you know, the first thing that kind of jumped out to me when I saw this spread at the Heat, uh, you know, two and a half point favorites on the road was uh, how can the Heat be a favorite on the road when they're just three and nine straight up on the road and only seven, and f- only five and seven against the spread on the road? Uh, they have gotten healthy, healthier recently, but they're only four, five and one in their last 10 games against the spread. The Heat have also lost three games in a row and they failed to cover uh, th- I'm sorry, they've lost three of their last four and failed to cover any of those spreads. So they're 0-4 against the spread their last four games. 
uh, coming off the loss on Saturday night against the San Antonio Spurs, they they lost that game outright, and they were laying double digits in that game. I think it closed at like twelve. So you know, defense has taken a, a, a tremendous step backwards, um, like a huge step backwards. Even when they are able to score, they're not necessarily able to to get the stops that they need. You look at this Pacers team; they're coming off an embarrassing loss at home on Saturday night against the Nets literal B team like it was their B team that they tried it out there uh this Pacers team gave up 20 offense 20 over 20 offensive rebounds um tonight I just feel like you get more effort from them uh in this spot they're also eight and five straight up and against the spread at home a lot of the times when I when I first started you know capping actual spreads I would say man well this team just gave up 20 rebounds well you know this this team this team coming in they're gonna give up 20 more offensive rebounds to this team as well and it doesn't go that way right we know that the you know trends don't don't last forever and and it's it is really difficult to see a repeat right because you it's hard to to get that same effort on a on a nightly basis if we knew the effort and the motivation we could all just jumped on Brooklyn in that last game right so you do get the paces like I said they're eight and five straight up and against the spread at home this is also their third game in four nights in their third straight home game uh, after returning home from that West Coast trip last week. And I don't necessarily like the pace, the spot for the paces too much, just because if you go back in, I'm not 100 percent sure. I didn't calculate it, but not only is this their third game in, in four nights, but it's also probably like their fifth game in, in uh, seven nights or if it's not fifth game in seven nights, definitely fifth game in eight nights. They. They've been on the road. They are a young team, but they 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 perform what better uh, in in back to back situations than they do with one day's rest. I I, I want to say I saw a trend that said that the uh, the Pacers were matter of fact I can still got it pulled up. The Pacers are one in five against the spread their last six games playing on one day's rest. However, they are five and one against the spread their last six home games versus a team with a road winning percentage that's lower than forty percent. So, like I said, eight and five straight up. Uh, and against the spread at the crib. So to me, it kind of feels like the wrong team's favorite in this one. I think the books are kind of anticipating Miami to to kind of catch some steam as they start this uh, this road trip. And I could see that. I could see that. I probably uh, won't have a play in this one, but if I had to look, it'd probably be the Pacers plus the points. And then just looking at the the recent matchup, uh, these, teams, two, these two teams did play a little over a month ago on November 4th. And Indiana won that game at home, one hundred one to ninety nine. So uh, maybe the the Pacers play a little more defense in this one, and and you see a lower scoring game. Miami's offense has really struggled recently. They just they can't necessarily score the ball. Um, they scored a hundred only one hundred and eleven points against the San Antonio Spurs at home. Uh, they got one fifteen against the Clippers, but the Clippers won a third game in four nights and a second night of a back to back after losing to Orlando the day before. And then, you know, they, they scored 96 points against the Detroit Pistons, only 93 points in Memphis. So, um, yeah, real, real difficult team to back. Uh, I can't, I couldn't I couldn't do it. Like I said, lost three of the last four and four uh, having covered a, a spread in the last four games. To me, the line is kind of telling, though, that the Pacers are getting two and a half points because they got three points in the last game and won that game uh, outright by two. So, um yeah, that's what I got for you guys there. Not going to spend too much time on that game. Anybody got any thoughts on that one? What up, Courtney? Appreciate you being here. Uh, LJ said he 8-3 ATS on the road in the first quarter. Pacers 4-21 and straight up in the first quarter. That could be the spot right there, LJ. If the Heat are going to come out with something, maybe they do do it in the first quarter. 
we know that the Pacers are terrible. <laughs> and that that's that is probably correct. Pacers four and twenty-one straight up in the first quarter. That's if you're gonna attack them, that might be how you do it, LJ. So yeah, I couldn't I couldn't talk anybody off taking the Pacers in the first quarter. I mean, taking the heat in the first quarter with the Pacers just being so bad. They even lost to the Brooklyn Nets in the first quarter the other day with the B team out there, Sumter and Cam Thomas out there getting buckets and Deron Sharp. <laughs> uh, so let me move on, man. Let's move on to the next game. So uh, I do want to talk to you guys about this Hawks and the Grizzlies game because I do have official play here. So getting back to my notes, uh, I think it's also really important to – just start with the injury news that John Morant and both Steven Adams are listed as questionable in this one. You get a you get a bad spot for the Hawks though, a really really bad spot for the for the, for the Atlanta Hawks today. This will be um, I don't know if people were watching, but they went to overtime last night uh, at home against the Chicago Bulls, and they actually pulled off a win. AJ Griffin got got a game winner. So for the Hawks, this will be their third game in four nights. They played on Friday. They had Saturday off. And they played on Sunday. And that was also home. It was also a way home. And now you're going back on the road. So third game in Fortnite, second game of uh second game um of a of a of home a road home back to back plus overtime last night. They got uh they did get um DeAndre Hunter and, and Bogey back recently, but they still a little bit shorthanded without John Collins, and they still shorthanded, of course, without DeJounte Murray, who uh, it's supposed to return sometime soon, but I, I don't think it's going to be today. The Grizzlies on the on the opposite side, they haven't played a game since Friday when they beat the Detroit Pistons at home. So no travel, just been at the crib, chilling, relaxing. I actually saw John Morant tweet out the other night, you know, send, send me a recommendation recommendation for a good uh, Netflix movie. So he just been, <laughs> I mean, if anything tells you that you've been big chilling, it's, uh, you know, asking Twitter for, for a movie recommendation. So, you know, just sitting at the crib, just relaxing, waiting for their next opponent, where they're really, really good as well. So one of the things I looked at was how away dogs do playing on the third game of four nights with the travel, with, with traveling, right? So away dogs playing on their third, playing their third game in four nights with road home travel facing an opponent. I'm sorry, road home road travel, right? So this is specific to away dogs playing on their third game in four nights where they've had to travel from road to home back to road again. And their opponent has two days of rest because like I said, the Grizzlies haven't played since Friday. Those teams are only 69 and 102 and one. That's a 40% hit rate if you were going to take the dog in this spot, which means that it's a 60% cover rate back in Miami, back in uh, the Memphis Grizzlies in this spot today. Away dogs playing third game of four nights with road home, road travel, facing an opponent of two days rest or more are losing 60% of the time is what I just told you guys. Another thing I looked at, road underdogs playing on their third game with the same thing, road home, road travel, back to back to back in a four-day span with their last game going to overtime because, like I said, Atlanta did have to play in overtime last night against a much more rested opponent, two days rest or more. They're just two, eight, and one dating back to 2002, all the way back. That's an 80% fade of the Atlanta Hawks today. You also look at Atlanta. Uh, they're 0-6 traveling from home to, to away in any game this season, just 3-7 and seven after covering in their previous game as well. So when Atlanta Hawks have won, not even one, when they played a home game, 
and then have to travel on the road in the next game, they're 0-6 against the spread. And like I said, 3-7 and against the spread after covering as well. It's really important to figure out if teams can cover back-to-back situations. The Atlanta Hawks are one of the worst teams after they, uh, you know, covered in their previous game. So depending on where you got that number at yesterday, you know, determines whether they covered or not, because I think they were two-point favorites or, you know, one-point favorites. So um, not necessarily covering in that spot, only winning by one yesterday. You look at Memphis on the opposite side. This team is 11-2 and two at home, 9-3-1 and one against the spread. They're also 8-1 and one straight up, 6-2-1 and one against the spread. When they're the more rested home favorite this season, 3-1-1 one and one against the spread when they're actually covered by six points or more. So, they, they, I mean, these are typically, you know, these are pretty nice hit rates. Um, this is also a double revenge game for Memphis as well. They lost in Atlanta last season, 120-105. to 105. And then the last time they played Memphis, they got smacked up as well. Uh, Atlanta was getting one point against a depleted Memphis team and uh, won that game outright, 132 to 100. So I'm pretty sure Memphis got that in the back of their mind too. You know, a team that they typically can't get over the hump against. But all of this stuff kind of stacks up to only being able to look towards the Memphis Grizzlies. I mentioned the overtime game last night for Atlanta where they beat uh, Chicago on the buzzer beater by A.J. Griffin. Trey Young played 42 minutes last night. And Bogdanovich, who, who, you know, they're trying to win games, but also, you know, limit his minutes because he is just now getting back. He played 35 minutes last night. He also played big minutes in the game on Friday against the Brooklyn Nets that came down to the wire. They lost that game outright by four, but did cover the spread as a seven-and-a-half-point dog. Clint Capella played 31 minutes, and A.J. Griffin played 40 minutes. So, D, D, I mean, super depleted team today. I can only look towards, um, you know, taking the taking the the Memphis Grizzlies in this spot. I do think it's interesting to note, and I feel like everything is kind of baked into these lines, right? So, so you know, the Hawks playing uh, second game in in uh, of a back to back with road with uh, home road travel, third game in four nights, and the fact that the Grizzlies are good at home right we know as a home favorite i told you guys what that trend is they're they're typically good in that spot um nine three and one against the spread at home specifically all of those games i think they've been the favorite maybe except the game against boston all of those things are kind of baked into the line i do think that this line moves if john morant or when john morant gets ruled in i think he plays in this game i'm not 100 sure don't quote me on that him and both stephen adams uh, I think playing this game. Also, we know Memphis typically turns up even when they don't have John Morant. We saw what they did against the Miami Heat last week without John Morant. So, um, Jared Jackson Jr. being back has created a six-point differential in in uh, in the spread. Uh, well, I'm sorry, in the game total. So, without without him this year, the games were averaging about 113 points apiece, both for them and their opponent. And since since his since he's returned, they're winning games by about six points uh, on average. So. Uh, you know, he, he typically brings the defense and uh, another offensive threat for this team as well when they need him to be, especially when you're down a guy like Desmond Bain. So um, you could wait and, you know, maybe you get a better line without John Morant in. But I did play Memphis minus this. I actually got him at six and I think that the line is up to seven now. So um, I still like the seven, but I think uh, I think wait, you could put it in now or you could kind of wait and see what happens with John Morant and uh, both Steven Adams. But either way, you know, it's a it's a Memphis spot or nothing for me. I hope I did a good job of covering that game. I want to talk about this Cavs and Spurs game quickly and then get to the Celtics game as well. 
Let me see what y'all got. Uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. Uh, hella game. Markel said, Grizzlies, let's go, man. Get them Hawks uh, out here real quick. Yeah. Uh, LJ said, Memphis averaging 32 first quarter points at home. Hawks 8-3-1 and one to the over first quarter on the road. Over first quarter is, is the play. Okay. Uh, making me like first quarter winner, match winner. I like that, Barstow. I like that a lot. I, I would play, um, you know, that first quarter winner for sure. Atlanta struggles on the road too. I talked about it the other day um, against Brooklyn. I think they're three and seven um, first quarter. I'm sorry, first half uh, against the spread, I want to say. So, yeah, we know Memphis turn up at the crib anyway, especially when they're, when they're uh, you know, more rested. So, yeah, B. Hunter said, how you feel about Grizzlies minus three first half, Chris? Um, I, I couldn't talk you off, B. Hunter. I think um, one thing to note about the first half is that when you're getting these teams on second night of back-to-backs, third game and four nights, it can be like a lot of the times you'll get their max effort. Everything that they have in the tank, they'll kind of exert in the first half. So you see teams start to cover towards the end of the game, if that makes sense. But I couldn't talk you off Grizzlies minus three and a half first half either. The only my my only you know doubt in that is that if Atlanta has something, they're going to leave it on the court in the first half. So couldn't talk you off of that, B. Hunter. But um, like I said, I played the full game minus the six. I do think at the end of the game, you know, it won't necessarily be close. I see, you know, Memphis probably winning this game by 10 points, just not because the 10 points better than Atlanta, but because they're at home, they're the favorite second game, all the travel spots, just a spot spot play specifically. So, um, yeah, that's what I got there. So let's move on to this Cavs and, and Spurs game. Um, not official play in this one that I, that I have, but I wanted to kind of give you guys some notes. So, of course, the big thing um, and one of the reasons why you kind of want to wait to play this one is the injury news on Donovan Mitchell, that, that ankle injury, or is it leg injury? I think it's leg injury. And then Kevin Love, of course, as well. Both of those guys are listed as questionable. Um, this Cavs team, they, they've they been playing really, really well at home if you take away the loss to the Kings the other day. But they are just 4-8-1 and one against the spread on the road. And I think that's important to mention because we see teams that play well in specific environments. So when you think about a team like the um, – just think about a team, for instance, like uh, who's the the Toronto Raptors. They they play extremely well, beat the Lakers the other day, uh, you know, at home, crushed the Lakers at home the other day, crushed Orlando last week. Then they go on the road to Orlando and lose back to back games outright. So and, and I think that, you know, the Cavs aren't necessarily that team, but they are just four, eight and one against the spread on the road this season. And we know what they're what they do at home, right? Where they where they typically they only I think they have only lost three games. I think they're eleven and three or something like that at home specifically. They're just one and three ATS on the road versus the West this season as well, having failed to cover their last three meetings. But they are two and zero straight up and against the spread when they're five point favorites or more on the road. Both of those games have gone under as well when they are, uh, you know. Uh, favorite to cover by five points or more. You look at the Spurs side, they're just three and three against the spread at home when they're catching six points or more and four and two to the under as well. Uh, um, oh, I'm sorry. So uh, the next thing I wanted to mention, the Spurs, they've failed to hit their, their point prop by 14 and 15 in their last two games at home catching six points or more. So their team total has gone under 
um, by 14 points and 15 points in the in the two last meetings in this spot against the Pelicans and the Suns. And we know the Cavs typically play pretty good defense. When you look at the defense the last two weeks, the Cavs have the best defensive rating overall. Um, the best defensive rating overall and the second best defensive rating on the road specifically. The Spurs, 29th overall and 29th at home as well, second to the bottom, right? So we know that they aren't playing too much defense. The defense looked pretty good against the Miami team the other day, but other than that, the defense does not look great at all. Um, last three meetings, the Cavs have also won and covered all three spreads dating back to uh, last season. The Cavs are also 4-0 against the spread last four meetings in San Antonio and 5-1 and ATS in their last six meetings overall. To me, this kind of feels like a spot where – if Donovan Mitchell isn't 100% healthy, you probably just rest them, right? Because Garland, um, you know, uh, Evan Mobley, guys like, um, you know, Karis LeVert and um, Jared Allen should be able to get the job done. This isn't necessarily a game you want to rush. And not to say that they are rushing, but not necessarily a game that you want to bring Donovan Mitchell back in if he's not 100%. So I will wait on this one to see if you – because you probably get a better number if he is ruled out. Um, the books kind of do that thing where, you know, they they'll, you know, price it as if maybe we'll just kind of put it in the middle, not knowing if he's going to play or not. Because if you think about it, the Cavs should be laying more than five and a half points on the road against the Spurs. Right. Why is the line so short? It's because Donovan Mitchell hasn't been ruled in. If you think he's going to play, uh, you know, you might want to take it now. But if you think he's not going to play, you could just you could just, uh, you know, you could just wait on the line. You might get a better line. So. Total being 223 is a tad bit interesting as well because the Cavs offense doesn't play as well on the road. Um, and San Antonio doesn't score a lot of points at home, especially without their two main defensive guys. Uh, and Zach Collins may be listed as questionable in this one as well. I'm not 100% sure, but I know Jakob Pertl and Jeremy Sokum are both still out in this one. So let me get on to the last game, man. I appreciate you guys for, for being here, like I always say in all the comments. Uh, LJ says Spurs allow the most points at home, 120 to Cavs. Only allow 104, number one in the NBA, Spurs team total under. I can see it, LJ. They will be relying on their defense, especially if uh, Donovan Mitchell doesn't play in this one. Ski, my guy. Ski said Cavs don't have a winning record on the road. Probably why the line is so low. Yeah, I just talked about that. And they've only covered three of, what, 12? They're 3-8-1 against the spread uh on the road so that's why the line is short and then if, like i said if donovan mitchell's in then that, pro that line probably goes up as well uh markel said leaning towards the under in the Cavs game a lot okay yeah and no, i could definitely see it so next game up and last game i want to get to real quick because i'm already 22 minutes in so i'm gonna try to make this one a tad bit quicker is the celtics and the uh, uh clippers game so um al horford and robert so robert williams is gonna make a return soon um, not sure if it's going to be, I do think it'll probably be before Christmas, but, uh, I just kind of wanted to make sure I mentioned that he's not going to play in this game, but he has been practicing with the team, you know, trying to get his legs back under him, uh, looking pretty good too. I've been watching some of the videos. Al Horford is still out due to health and safety protocol in this one as well. Um, Boston coming off the, the loss to the Golden State Warriors, uh, on Saturday, the first ABC game, this will be. The first game of a back-to-back, -back, they play the Lakers tomorrow, a nationally televised TNT game as well. We actually get a little, a few more games tomorrow too. We get like fifth, we get like five games tomorrow. Typically on Tuesday, we only get like two or three. So, what I got for you guys here, uh, bounce back spot for the Celtics, right? Celtics seven and two straight up, and six and three against the spread after ATS loss. So after they haven't covered the spread, 
They, they're seven and two straight up, six and three against the spread this season, including five and zero oh in their last five, winning by an average margin of eight points. They also five and zero oh straight up, four and one against the spread on the first night of a back to back so far this season. I mentioned they play tomorrow against the Lakers in you know at Crypto.com uh, Arena as well. The Clippers, fourth game in six nights, fifth game in eight nights. Clippers also coming off a four-game East Coast trip. And the Clippers are 0-6 ATS traveling from road to home, right? So this is another trend that I talked about early in the Atlanta game. Atlanta's, I think, 0-6 as well traveling from home to road. The Clippers have not done well. So their previous game has been on the road, and they're coming back home. They haven't covered the spread, 0-6. Also, looking at this game, double revenge game for Boston. The Clippers beat them 91-82 to um, on December 29th of last season, and they beat them 114-111 to on December 8th of last season. So it was one of those, uh, you know, kind of real short windows where, you know, Boston was out in L.A., and then uh, L.A. went out to Boston as well in the same month last during the last season boston for me kind of feels like they should be in a bounce back spot and let out some frustration after that super bad performance Uh, i think that was humbling for them um versus a team that's returning off a four-game road trip that struggled to score the ball consistently right so i mentioned you know the 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 rest advantage the the clippers won the other day i actually like that they won too they beat the washington wizards in a game that was kind of going back and forth throughout the defense kind of picked up in the second half um, and I like that spot, right? Big emotional game for a guy like John Wall playing against his former team in DC. But the Clipper, you got to think the 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 Boston Celtics got back to LA, um, well, got to LA before the Clippers did because that was that, that was uh same was that same night? Yeah, same night. Both of them played on Saturday. So the, you know the, the Boston Celtics traveled from Phoenix already in this time zone, already on the West Coast. I'm sorry, traveled from Golden State. Uh, so already in the same state, already on the same, you know, not not ready to get, you know, having to adjust their clock, their, their physical clock. Right. And the Boston and I'm sorry, the Los Angeles Clippers, totally opposite. Right. They've been on the East Coast playing teams like the Orlando Magic, um, playing teams like the Miami Heat. And then you travel to D.C. and then you got to travel all the way back. Um, I played Boston minus three and a half last night. I also think another interesting note in this one is uh, Boston first quarter. Right. Boston typically plays well they perform well in these in these early spots as well so boston uh they're winning the first quarter by an average of seven points after a loss that's a five game sample they're also winning the first quarter by seven off of ats loss that's a nine game sample um winning the first quarter by five when playing on the first night of a back-to-back winning the first quarter by five against the west specifically and winning the first quarter on the road against the west by three so I think you probably get like a line of, you know, one and a half. Uh, I'm pretty sure it'll probably be about one and a half. Um, I like Boston early. I like Boston early in this one. And uh, I would be willing to, to play that first quarter as well. Uh, you look at the Clippers side, they do have defenders that are able to match up with both Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum when you think about PG and Kawhi. But we, we don't know if PG and Kawhi are going to play, man. Like I said, fourth game is six nights, fifth game is eight nights. They've been playing uh, heavier minutes, especially Kawhi, uh, you know, more recently. And it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if you if they sit right here. Also, uh, looking at the under in this one. So I haven't completely uh, taken a deep, deep dive into this one. But I did want to mention that the Clippers are four and one to the under uh, as a home dog this season. They also so they typically play better. They try to play better defense, but they struggle to score the ball as well. They're also three and one to the under versus the East. 
when they're at home. So when these Eastern Conference teams are traveling to the West Coast, they're three and one. They're also six and one to the under traveling. I'm sorry, 6-0, and traveling from road to home as well. So I mentioned that trend earlier. Clippers traveling from road to home. They're 6-0 and to the under. They're also 0-6 against the spread. Celtics, 4-1 to the under in their last five games following an ATS loss as well. Um, so, uh, you know, lean to me, lean for me towards the under. I know it's dropping. It opened at uh, 227, and um, it's down to 226 and a half, 225 and a half. I think that's the I think that's the right play. I think the under is the right play. So officially, give you guys two plays. I'm on. I took the Boston Celtics minus the three and a half yesterday. Um, haven't played the first quarter, but I'm I'm looking. I don't even think that line came out yet. And then I also played the uh, do, 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 the Memphis Grizzlies minus the six yesterday. As soon as that game went to overtime with Atlanta, I locked in the six. So. We'll see how that game goes. Uh, I, I like I said, I think um, you know the line in that one is pretty telling, and you know I wouldn't, you know I caution people if you don't want to play it early to kind of wait till John Morant is in and Stephen Adams are in. But I kind of feel like they're gonna play, being that they've been sitting at the crib since Friday. So that's what I got for you guys, man. Longest show I've ever done is twenty nine minutes in the book. So hit the like button for me, uh, you know, and um, you know retweet the show, all that stuff. Listen to the show. And leave me a review on, you know, the podcast platforms as well. I appreciate you guys for for tapping in with me. We got some other games to talk about. Brooklyn and Washington play again. So it feels like they played like 100 times this year. Uh, also, OKC and Dallas and, and Minnesota and Portland get a rematch from that from that game. Minnesota's, a, you know, equally rested now against the Portland Trailblazers in a game that they kept kind of close throughout um, the other day. And you see the line kind of coming down, um, you know, moving in Minnesota's favor. So going to be interesting uh you know and I'll, I'll i'll tap into those games and and break those games down later on the crispy cap and nba show see you guys again at 5:15 man check out the podcast best of luck on all your action today i'm out